can cut on that. Okay. It is time for Steve's Historic Approximations. This is a big one. I am really proud of it. It's in three acts, and uh, it sort of exploded. But, okay, let's do this. Buddy! Yes? If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pulp on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this day and age? Who isn't a fan? But only real fans, true, hardcore fans who have been with us since the beginning, know two facts about the both of us. Two undeniably really real and in no way made up on the spot facts about you and I, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the first fact, which is about you, Bunny, and again, not made up on the spot, is the fact that when you are not doing this podcast, you are hard at work translating the Bible into Klingon, which, of course, you're fluent in. So, Bunny, I know that I hate to put you on the spot, but uh, why don't you give us a little bit of the Klingon Bible, Bunny? Uh, uh, how about John three sixteen? John three sixteen. Hey, don't forget your microphone. Okay, there you go. Okay. <clears throat> Got to be all dramatic for the audio version. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know. Ah, ha ha. He's just ha. That's a va va. And once you know Klingon, it is oh, so yes. much more moving. So beautiful. So beautiful. So much more moving. So beautiful. And, and, and because I was, I was intrigued, I looked it up. The Klingon Language Institute organized a long-term project to translate the Bible into Klingon. Currently on hiatus, this project has yielded only a few books, for example, the Gospel of Mark and Psalms. So they're working on it, but it's not done. I would have thought that they had enough time, but okay, whatever. I don't, I don't mean to, to crap on your hard work. And the second thing that you would know about me yes. is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. I'm a big fan. But I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to find a, a, a story from the history books and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or Shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. It's short, but it's to the point. It's the Jonathan Livingston Seagull of podcast segments. Anywho, on, today on the old Shappity Shap Shap, I will be talking about a legendary sports figure, his hideous beliefs, and the way he lost all of his money, which would be sad if he wasn't such a real a-hole. I want to take this time before I begin to point out that in the beginning of the week, I was like, I actually don't have a Shap lined up. This is the first time ever that I haven't had a Shap uh, lined up just in the barrel, just cocked and loaded. 
And then my wife gave me three really good ones. And I was really happy about that. And I was going to take one of the chefs that my wife gave me. But there's one that I've been putting off. There's a his, Steve's historic approximations that I've been putting off for a really long time. And I thought this week is the week that I finally just bite the bullet. So uh, next week I'll be doing one of the ones that my wife chose. But uh, the real crazy thing is that I'm talking about a, a sports figure who's an asshole and how he lost all of his money. The crazy thing is, wow, there's so many people I could be talking about. Yes, there is. Oh, how, how strange is that? There's so many people that, that I could be talking about. There, there are so many uh, sports a-holes that are out there. But today, I'm talking about baseball pitcher Kurt Schilling. Pitcher. Also. Okay. World Series champion and a horrible, horribly bigoted man. And I, I set I set up this chap in a three act structure. So I've got the good, the bad, and the. <laughs> so so that's my three act structure for this. So let's get to it. Curtis Montague Schilling. Don't trust anyone with the name Montague. Because that's someone who will lock you up in a tower with an iron mask on, and you have to wait for the three musketeers to come free you. But anyway, Curtis Montague Schilling. He was born in Alaska, then lived in Pittsburgh, but then he moved. He went to high school in Phoenix, Arizona. He went to Shadow Mountain High School. I know where that is. That's really weird. That's in the rich area, uh, right next to the mountains between Phoenix proper and Scottsdale. I did some speech and debate there at Shadow Mountain High School. I didn't do debate because I wasn't smart enough, but I was really good at humorous interpretation, which is basically just comedy monologues. And I, I rocked at that. But anyway, Kurt Schilling, he debuted for the Baltimore Red Sox in 1988, and he played there from 1988 to 89. Then he spent one year with the Houston Astros, and after that season, he was traded to the Philadelphia Phillies in 1992, and he stayed there to the year 2000. Kurt Schilling freaking rocked it in Philly. He was the national strikeout leader in 1997 and 1998. He was chosen for the uh, uh, All-Star Game in 97 and 98 and 99. So Kurt Schilling, uh, Curtis Montague was really making a name for himself. But as good as he was, he was upset because even though he was doing great, his team would was always ending the season with a losing record. So he actually requested to be traded to a better, more competitive team, which isn't – I didn't even know that was something you could do. I didn't even know you were allowed. I thought that you just stayed on the team until someone traded you. But apparently you can just go – can I request to go to a different to go to a different team? And they said yes. So in the year 2000, he was sent to the Arizona Diamondbacks, and his joining the team was all people flipping talked about in Arizona. Okay. Oh, Kurt Schilling is coming to Phoenix, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know who that is or that I care. Weird that he went to Shadow Mountain High School. And then when he graduated Shadow Mountain High School, 
He he went to Yavapai College where he played baseball in college. That's a college in Prescott. That's where I was born in the small uh, town of Prescott, Arizona. In Prescott, they call it Prescott. So uh, I'm from Prescott. So it's Prescott. It's Prescott, Arizona, which is weird. But anyway, uh. Curtis Montague Schilling played in Phoenix for the Arizona Diamondbacks from 2000 to 2003. And in 2001, the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees. And oh my God, it was loud in Phoenix for like three days straight. It was just like, like almost like a, like a, like a week of, of the entire town celebrating. It was, it was scary. Baseball player. No, no, no. In 2001, the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees and won the World Series. And and I swear the entire town of Phoenix just celebrated for, for like three days straight. Just so much gun shooting in the air, honking, people yelling. Oh, it was such a big thing. So in 2004, Curtis Montague was traded to the Boston Red Sox for like, I don't know, 5,000 lame players. Like, hey, yeah. we'll trade one Kurt Schilling for six guys that, that stink. So Curtis played in Boston from 2004 to 2007 and entered the Red Sox Hall of Fame because largely due in part to him, not entire, it, it wasn't entirely his, his doing, he had a really good team behind him, but largely due to him, uh, they broke the curse of the Bambino, which is a whole different chap in and of itself. Yeah. But uh, uh, here's the cliff notes. The Red Sox didn't win a World Series from 1918 to 2004. But and one of the main reasons that that curse was broken was because of Kurt Schilling. Because of him, the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004, and then again in 2007. He tried playing after 2007, but injuries sidelined him, and he announced his retirement in 2009. Boom! Cut on Act One of this chat. Curtis Montague Schilling had a real impressive Major League Baseball career. Now let's move on to Act Two. Kurt Schilling is a far right wing bigoted asshat and fuck him a million times over that doucheburger. Guy's really horrible. Guy is real. So bad. Um, his controversies alone could fill like five different chaps. So like where to begin in 2004, while the Red Sox were campaigning for John Kerry for president, he campaigned for George Bush in 2007. He was constantly attacking Hillary Clinton for how dare she be against the war in Iraq. And of course he campaigned for Donald J. Trump in 2016, the douche waffle. Oh, and, and and when Benghazi happened, oh, Curtis Montague Schilling got his panties all bunched up. The man hated Obama. He opposes same-sex marriage. He's a born-again Christian. And here's something I just want to take some time and discuss. He has a, a son and a daughter. He named his son Gehrig Schilling. Okay. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a crime. 
Gehrig's a last name. You've given your yeah. kid two last names. That's like if Rey Mysterio named his son uh, Dominic. Instead, he changed it to Guerrero Mysterio. Yes. You know, that's ridiculous. And so is Gehrig Schilling. But anyway, in 2014, he got into a day-long argument on Twitter against evolution. Okay. In 2015, ESPN uh, had him cover the Little League World Series, but they fired him after he shared a meme comparing Muslims to Nazis. Okay. Uh, uh, Curtis Montague Schilling's tweet said, only 5 to 10% of Muslims are extremists. In 1940, only 7% of Germans were Nazis. How did that go? And I would like to take this time to say legally that no, Curtis Montague Schilling does not have a collection of Nazi memorabilia. Okay. He has a World War II memorabilia collection. And does that include numerous uh, actual Nazi uniforms with swastikas and uniforms worn by SS members? Yes. But that doesn't mean he has a Nazi costume. He's just really big into World War II. Yeah. 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 So he doesn't have... he did. Kurt Schilling doesn't have a Nazi costume, uh, a Nazi collection, okay? Just want to make that clear. He does not. So maybe don't talk about it. I could go on and on about Kurt Schilling. He doxed people on Twitter in 2015 for making fun of his family. He used his bat to destroy a replay machine during a game once. Yeah. Uh... He's a he's a big defender of the Confederate flag. He's constantly arguing with managers. And so ESPN hired him to be a baseball analyst, but they fired him in 2016 after he shared a wildly anti-trans meme. Remember in 2015 and 2016 when all of these parents were saying, oh, what's stopping a pervert from wearing a wig and a dress yeah. and going to the bathroom at Target where your daughter is? Oh, so, so yeah, that's what uh, uh, Curtis Montague Schilling was sharing some real far-right transphobic J.K. Rowling type shit. So yeah. ESPN fired his ass. ESPN fired his ass. And, and of course he played the, oh my goodness, I was fired for being a Jesus-loving conservative card. Yeah. Because you know who's really persecuted? White, straight, Christian males. Oh! In 2018, he started sharing a bunch of QAnon stuff, and now he works for Glenn Beck's conservative outlet, The Blaze, which should not surprise anyone. Oh, okay. Lord. So cut on Act 2. Uh, Kurt Schilling had a great career in Act 1, and in Act 2, his belief system is cracked. So yes. let's move on to Act 3, which would be sad if it didn't happen to the most deserving guy in the world. Okay. Curtis Montague Schilling is surprisingly into gaming. Okay. Uh, for starters, he's really obsessed with this one tabletop World War II game called Advance, Advanced Squad Leader. 
And he always tried to go to the advanced squad leader convention every year. And one year, because of baseball, he couldn't go to the advanced squad leader convention. So he created his own. And so Kurt Schilling started the advanced squad leader open, which is a tournament for this one tabletop board game. It began in 1993 and it still happens even now in 2020, which is weird. But baseball player Kurt Schilling started a con and it's still a thing. He was also a huge fan of Warcraft and EverQuest. Yeah. And that's so surprising. Who knew that gamers might have bigoted beliefs? The the creators of EverQuest 2 even created a custom avatar for him. And in 2006, for three days, this is so weird. um, EverQuest 2 added an evil Kurt Schilling character. And okay. every time, and every time he was defeated in the game, Sony would donate five dollars to Kurt Schilling's favorite charity. So he's a gamer. Kurt okay. Schilling is a bigot and a gamer. He's a baseball legend, a QAnon conspiracist, and a transphobic gamer. Good to know. So it made sense <laughs> that near the end of his career, Kurt Schilling was like, uh-huh, what should, I, what should I do when I end my baseball career? It should be something I like, something I'm passionate about. Huh, maybe I can do something with video games. So it's important to note that throughout his entire career, Curtis Montague Schilling made over $115 million in Major League Baseball. He took that money and used it to start a video game company in 2006 that was called 38 Studios. 38 was his number. Yeah, okay. So at first, he put in $50 million of his own money. And then he got a bunch of other backers that put in a bunch of other money. And then he he got $75 million that came from the state of Rhode Island in the form of a loan. Gee, I'm sure that's going to work out just fine. Yes. He, 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 he opened 38 studios in Rhode Island. And Rhode Island said, hey, uh, you guys are... Kurt Schilling is like, oh, we promised jobs, so many jobs, it's going to revitalize Rhode Island. We just need a little bit of money. So Rhode Island said, okay, well, here's $75 million, but it's a loan. Don't miss any payments. And he's like, hey, I'm Kurt Schilling. Nothing bad's going to happen. So in 2012, 38 Studios released their first game. It was called Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. He had some big names working on this thing. The artwork was done by Todd McFarland. The plot of the game, the like world building and the lore and the characterization and everything was written by legendary fantasy author R.A. Salvatore. The music was written by uh, like this famous uh, game uh songwriter who wrote all the music for like banjo kazooie and donkey kong country and stuff like that so like so we had big names working on this game and the the game was first announced at comic-con 
in 2010 and it made a big to do. And when the game came out, it had huge reviews. People loved Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Uh, people really dug it. Uh, Digital Spy gave it five stars. IGN gave it nine out of ten. It was very well received. And Curtis Montague Schilling came out and said, oh, it, it, at the 90-day mark, it sold 1.2 million copies. This game is a huge hit, and we're working on the sequel now. Uh, I don't know how much you can trust Montague the Bigot, but anyway, things looked great for 38 Studios. A few months later, the company would be owned by the state of Rhode Island. So, uh, so, so, okay. So the game came out in February of 2012. And Curtis Montague claimed that it was a big successful game and that and that they made a ton of money and that it sold a lot and that everybody liked it and stuff like that. But uh, so we don't know if that's true or not. But one thing I can tell you is that by May of 2012, uh, 38 Studios employees stopped getting paid. Okay. So there were... I guess financial problems and a few weeks later uh kurt schilling came out and said that the company was filing for bankruptcy this caused 38 studios to default on the rhode island loan and so the state of rhode island gained ownership of 38 studios and canceled plans for a sequel to kingdoms of amalur reckoning okay Kurt Schilling put $50 million of his own money into the company, but later said in interviews that after paying off all the investors and then he was sued by the state of Rhode Island and there was a long court battle, that by the time he was done with all of that, he lost all $115 million, which is a sad story, but it did happen to Curtis Montague Schilling. So... Hooray! 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 It couldn't have happened to a more deserving person. You know? No. It couldn't have happened to a better person. <laughs> because he has really bigoted beliefs and, uh, yeah, absolutely true story. Like, a legendary baseball player and bigot lost all of his money in a, in, with a role-playing video game. That apparently is okay. Rhode Island sold the company to another video game company and they re-released the game in like PlayStation 4 and like they still sell it and apparently the game is really, really good. So there you go. Yeah, Pac-Man. Thanks, Eleanor. But yeah, apparently uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. You ever want to play that? It's available. It, it was created by Todd McFarlane and R.A. Salvatore and a notorious bigot. Yes. Yes, there are, those are all video games. Thank you for your help, Eleanor. I don't know what I would do without you. Okay, gotcha. 10-4. Okay, thank you. So that's it for Steve's Historic Approximations this week. I love that story because uh, Kurt Schilling is kind of a horrible person. And yes. I think it's funny because he's 
kind of a douche waffle. But anyway, uh, be sure and join us next week. And it's, we, and it's good to call them out. Yes, it is good to call them out. Next week, we will be discussing the, the true story of the uh, uh, legislator who was just uh, elected and is dead. Okay. Really? It might be one of our first zombie legislators. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not? Oh Man. God. We have a zombie legislator. We're going to be talking about it. But that's next week. Okay. Be sure to join us next week for more Steve's historic approximations. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. But I like, I, like your, I like your moxie. And cut on that. <laughs>